This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. And let there be light, and there was light. Good to see all of you. Bless you. I'm glad you're here tonight on a Wednesday. If you're watching by live stream, we're glad you're here. Just, just some thoughts over some of those songs. You know, when we talk about the love of God, sometimes we have the thought, well, God may, God may love you, but I, I don't know that God loves me. And I remember as a young believer in a Bible study one night, the guy leading said this. He said, I want you to say this out of your mouth. God loves me. God loves me. And I, I couldn't do it. I, I had this thought, God, God doesn't like me. God's mad at me. But that's a lie. God does love you. He loves every one of us. And so when I study the scriptures, you know, the Bible says we're to love our neighbor as ourself. Well, if you don't love yourself, you can't give away what you don't have. And so, you know, in John 3, 16, it says, for God so loved the world. It doesn't say God was so mad at the world. God was so angry with the world. And so when I begin to realize God loves me, God loves me. Now, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes right there, right there where you're at. And just close your eyes and just say, I, I, I thank you, Father God, that you love me. You love me, Father God. You love me. You love me. And I ask, Lord, right now that you, you put that in all my, my heavenly Father loves me. And I believe that'll set some of you free. And so then you jump to there in First uh, John 4, 7 and 8. It says, Beloved, let us love one another. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And so that's God's nature is love. Can I tell you something tonight? God loves you. <laughs> no, pastor, he loves you. He doesn't love you. Yeah, he does. He loves you, okay? And I think it's very healthy sometimes for some of you to say that. I thank you, Father God, that you love me. And your flesh may buck a little because why we say that is we believe the love of God toward us is based on performance. The love of God is the, the, uh, the uh, Greek or the Hebrew word agape, the God kind of love. That's his nature. That's what God does. He loves. See, sometimes I think we have this thought that God sits up in heaven and he's got this goblet of coffee in one arm. In the other arm, he's got this Texas-sized flies water and he's just waiting to swatch you. That's not God, okay? And I believe sometimes that happens because we've been taught things about Father God. But when you study the Bible, you find out, man, my, my heavenly Father, he's the God of love. He loves you. Well, that was free, so you all ought to shout. All right, if you got a Bible, go with me to the book of Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. And we're going to receive the tithes and offerings tonight, whether it's online, through the baskets and all the different ways you can give. Acts 20, verse 35. And this is a real interesting passage to me. It says, I have shown you in every way I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And when he's talking about the weak there, he's talking about ones that are less fortunate. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than receive. Now, the Lord Jesus said this, and so 
He didn't say it would be more natural and he didn't say it would be more easier to give than to receive, but it would be more blessed. Now, remember one of the definitions of the word blessed is happy. It would be more happy to give than receive. And so when I read what he's talking about right here, my, my stewardship, my giving, it, it testifies or tells a story in my life. And so God always starts us down here real low, but something happens when I begin to live the blessed life. And the blessed life is it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And so, again, you may be down here, but you begin to keep growing and you keep growing and you keep growing in that area and, and God will begin to move. Let's pray. Father God, we love you and Lord Jesus, we thank you for your words tonight. Father God, I ask that you put that in all our hearts. The hearts of the Lord Jesus. Blessed is he who gives and receives. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Well, we appreciate your giving. All right, if you got your Bible, go back into the Old Testament, the book of Numbers. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Numbers chapter 13 is where we'll begin tonight. We'll be there for a little while. Now, as you're turning there, I'll give you a little time to get there. You know, when you see the word unbelief, unbelief looks at, at the circumstances. It, it focuses on obstacles. That, that becomes what, what I begin to see. And sometimes when we, we have that thought, unbelief focuses or looks at the obstacles, sometimes we have the thought, well, that's too big. That's too hard. That's too difficult. But it's interesting in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, the Lord Jesus himself, he said, and whosoever will speak unto the mountain. Well, I, I believe the mountain that he's talking about can be circumstances. It can be things we're going through. But when you see right here that uh, unbelief looks to the obstacle, faith looks to God. Faith looks to the Word of God. And so when I talk about this, I've got to come to a place in my life that am I willing to do what's unpopular? Not popular, what's unpopular. And this is what you're going to see in this passage here. Again, we're not trying to win a popularity contest in this. And so when I think about this, about what's popular and unpopular, in, in Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14, the Lord Jesus said this. He said, there's two roads. One road is the narrow road, which is difficult and there are few who are on that road, but it's the road that leads to life. This narrow road. Few are on it. So he tells me, there's not going to be a lot of folk on this. But then he says, there's a wide road. And it's the road that, that, that leads to, to death. It leads to destruction. And he says, there are many on it. So just the thought here on that, there's two roads. I'm going to live on one of those two roads. So we start in, in Numbers 13, verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. 
Now, if you like to mark your Bible, I, I really have this marked in mind, which I am giving to the children of Israel. One translation says that I give to the children of Israel. Now, right there was a promise from Father God to the children of Israel. And so when I look at what he's talking about here, you're going to find out in this area, you're going to have to resist popular opinion. And so he called on God's people over and over to increase their faith in God's promises and look to God instead of the impossible circumstances. So you're going to begin to see this play out. So he goes on to say, I'm given to the children of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man, everyone a leader from among them. So what this is talking about here, if you see the nation of Israel, it was birthed off of the 12 sons or the 12 tribes of Jacob. And so right here, there would be a representative of every one of these tribes that were to go spy out the land. Now, these, these ones that were sent, they, they were truly great leaders. They were distinguished men. Now, here's an interesting little thought for you. These 12 tribes still exist to this day. If you were to look at a map of Israel, in, if it's in depth, it will show the areas that this will say, this is the, the area of the tribe of Dan, the tribe of Ishakar, the tribe of Judah, the tribe of Levi, the over and over and over and over again. And so that still takes place. Those 12 tribes are still representative in Israel to this day. So we're in Israel, you know, 15, 16, 17 months ago. And the first day I'm, I'm around our guide. And he was a Jewish guide. And one of the very first things I asked him, I said, hey, do the tribes of Israel still exist? And he said, oh, yeah. He said, are you aware of them? And I said, yeah. And I said, what tribe are you from? And he said, I'm from the Levitical priesthood. And I said, you're from the Levitical. And so we begin to carry on about this. And he began to talk about the differences of the tribes. And I'm not going to go on to that. You can read each one of these guys, okay? There's 12 of them. So again, they are on assignment from God to go spy out the land. Now, here's a question that springs from that. If God said, I'm giving you the land, why are they going to spy it out? Well, it's kind of like when you test drive a car. Why do you test drive a car? To see if I like it. To see if I like all the features. To see if it's everything they say it is. And so that's why God said, God said, now you go. You go out and spy out the land, and it's almost like God saying, you're going to find out. It's, it's everything that I say. So they get the 12, they go. And, and as we're going that way, I'm going to highlight one other verse. In, in uh, Numbers 13, verse 20, the father said to him, he said, be a good courage. Now, it's interesting how many times in the Bible it'll say that. Be a good courage. You know Why? I'm going to tell you, it takes courage to, to, to fight the good fight of faith. It takes courage to walk by faith and not by sight. It takes kingdom courage to say, you know what? I'm going to live on what God's word says. Now, he said that to me. He said, be a good courage. Now, pick up with me for time's sake in verse 25. And they, all 12 of them, all of these distinguished men, Returned from spying out the land after 40 days. 
You ever want to do a little word study in the Bible? Do, do a word study on 40 days. You know what the 40 days is symbolic of? It's the day of completion. How many days was Noah on the ark? 40 days. How many days was Jesus in the wilderness? 40 days. How many times, how many days was Jesus in the tomb? 40 days. No, three. You missed that one. Just kidding. I was testing you just a little bit. Verse 26. Now they, all 12 of them, departed and they came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They, all 12 of them, brought back word to them and to all the congregation and they showed them the fruit of the land. And so not only did they bring back word, they brought back the clusters of grapes. They brought back things and they said, check this out, fellas. Verse 27. Then they, all 12 of them, told him, and they said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. It, it is a rich land. It is a blessed land. It's everything that Father God said it would be and more. And so they bring back this report about how great this land was that God said, I'm going to give you. Verse 28, nevertheless, now in some translations, instead of the word nevertheless here, it uses the word but, B-U-T, but. And so when you see the word nevertheless or but here, it, it reveals that there's an implied contradiction, but. Keep reading. The people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified, and they are very large. Now, again, when we started, remember I said unbelief focuses or looks on the circumstances. So now you have some of these that begin to use words that they said, these cities are, are strong. These, these cities are, are fortified. They're very large. And so what begins to happen here is I believe by the words they were saying, it demoralized the people and it caused them to lose their faith. Now just think just for a second. How did they do this? just by words that came out of their mouth. That was it. And so the words that came out of their mouth begin to paint a picture on the inside of these guys. So I'm, I'm sitting there thinking about this today, and, and you've got Moses sitting there, and then you've got these 12 spies that come back, and then you have all the Israelites, who is, is a million-plus people. And they're listening to the report, and, and their eyes are focused on them, and they see the grapes, and then they hear the report, and they hear them say, nevertheless. And when they said they're strong, I wonder if their eyes begin to move. And their cities are fortified, and they're very large. And I really believe their eyes begin to look at each other, and they begin to think, what, what are they saying here? And then at the end here of, of verse number 28, and it says, 
moreover, or in addition, or besides that, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Now, when they hear the word Anak, Anak was the, the ones that Goliath came out of. And so when they hear Anak, I, I wonder if they're now looking at each other like, Oh my gosh, what have we gotten ourselves into? What's going to happen right here? And so it goes back. And I've got to have courage. I, I, I've got to trust God. And so in this, I believe through the words that these tens begins to speak, just because they're words, it brought fear. How? Just by their words. So I thought about this. What I see in my life and what I hear has great impact on what I do or what I believe. It's very important what we allow our ears to listen to and our eyes to see. And so in this passage here, what I find out is you're either going to be around people of faith or you're going to be around people of fear. I don't know about you. I like to get around people of faith. And so they hear this crazy report. Verse number 29. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. Now, if you study this, this paints a whole other picture. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the MBAites, the Maulites. See, again, every one of these here were designed to bring them into a place of fear. And so what happens here is every word that they say begins to paint a picture on the inside of them. So now they're hearing these reports that contradict everything the Word of God said. So I go back and I think, remember in verse 2, what Father God said, I'm going to send you to this land that I've given you. God already said his desire was to give them, but yet they begin to focus on all the obstacles and they begin to focus on all the circumstances. And you see real quick what that does to humanity, to humans, us. It'll squeeze the faith right out of you. It'll shrink the faith right out of me. Verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. And Caleb said, let us go up at once. Let us go up now. Here's your good verse off of that. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So just because I may not be able to see things with my natural eye doesn't mean it's not going to happen. And so Caleb, he quiets the people. And to me, it's almost like he's saying, you, you bedwetters need to shut up, okay? Be quiet. Now. Now. Let us go up at once and let us take possession for we are well able. We have the capacity to prevail or to seed or to succeed. We have the capacity to overcome it. 
Interesting thoughts here. And so I, I go back and I look at this, the 12 spies. All 12 of them, they saw the same thing. They saw the wall cities. They saw the giants. All 12 of them. But only two of them believed God. So I go back to the majority. I'm telling you, if you always listen to the majority, that doesn't mean it's going to be godly, okay? And so you, you have these two here that said, we're, we're going to live by faith. We're going to believe God. Verse 31. But, but, there's that word but again. You know what I believe the word but is? I believe it's a faith killer. As long as I attach stuff to but, I'm never going to walk in the things of God. Here's your little, little, little saying that we said a lot in our, our younger years. If if and buts were candy and nuts, what a merry Christmas we'd have. Now, that's not a proverb, okay? If if and buts were candy and nuts, what a merry Christmas we'd have. So they say, but, but... The men who had gone up with him said, we are not well able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And so again, they, they said something. Out of their mouth, they said, they are stronger than me. And so again, through these guys' words, they put people in a state of defeat. Remember Matthew 12, 34 says, out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth's going to speak. So something happens with me when I get my mouth in line with what God's word says. And I, I don't get off of it. This is what his word said. This is what God's word said. Verse 32. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. The bad report was a faithless one. It's what the bad report was. It was a report of, of, of doubt. It was a report of fear. And so they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. What do you think their eyes did when they heard the word? It's a land they, they devour. They devour. And so they literally shoved their faith down by the words that came out of their mouth. And they go on to say here, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. And so they, they shouted down, Caleb, here. And, and the truth, it, it cannot be measured by numbers. Again, if I get over into the majority, I'm going to walk in fear. When I get over even to the minority, I'm going to walk by faith. But I believe this right here. When you continually listen to the majority and they speak doubt and unbelief, you'll never walk into your promised land. i got to get to a place in my life where I'm not moved by what people say, what they do. i got to get work. This is what God's Word said. This is the Word of God. Verse 33. We saw the giants, the descendants of Anak. 
who came from the giants. Now again, when they mentioned that, and so when they mentioned Anak again, I, I, I believe this sealed the deal. And, and on the cake of doubt and unbelief, when they said, oh, there's the giants again, this was like the cherry on the top. They're like, we're wiped out. We can't do it. Now listen what this end of the verse 33 says. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, so we were in their sight. So you see here, they have what we call the grasshopper mentality. And they said, in our sight. We were like grasshoppers in our sight. Think about this just a second. You think like a grasshopper, you'll act like a grasshopper. The Bible's very clear in certain passages of Scripture. As the mind goes, the man follows. So there in, in Romans 12, verse 2, it says, Don't be conformed or molded and shaped by this world, but be transformed by the renewing of my mind to the Word of God. So you know what it tells us right here? I gotta think in line with the Word of God. I gotta stay with the Word over and over and over again and again. And so when you think about all this passage, Every bit of this that the ten spies said became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Do you know those ten never did go in? They never went in their whole life. Now the two that stood up, Caleb and Joshua, they were the two that went in. But the ten that didn't go in, it wasn't because the giants of the land that kept them out. And it wasn't because the giants defeated them that kept themselves out. I believe the people defeated themselves by their words and their own declarations. I believe that's why they stayed out. So let me ask you, what's keeping you out of your promised land? Is it your words? Is it your declarations? So something begins to happen to me when I begin to, to pray and I speak in line with the word of God. Remember Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of my tongue. And so in this situation here, it's not the giants of life that defeat you, and it's not the storms of life defeat you. If you're defeated, it's because you've defeated yourself. So what happens here is wrong thinking leads to wrong, wrong believing, and wrong believing leads to wrong speaking, and wrong speaking will lead to wrong actions. It's almost always in that sequence right there. How do you know that? Because I found out that in my own life. Now turn with me real quick to Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs 23. Just one verse in here that I want to read to you. Verse 7. Listen to what this is. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Let's get that a little more personal. For as I think in my heart, so am I. So anytime my, my, my thinking doesn't line up with the Word of God, it's going to cause issues. 
And so our knowledge of God is based on his word and his promises. And so I can take you through the word and show you over and over. God says in his word, I want to help you. I want to bless you. I want to grace you. I want to strengthen you. And so I've got to stay everything with the word of God. Will God do what he said he'll do? I believe he will. Do you know in Numbers 23, uh, 19, in Titus chapter 1, verse 2, it says, God cannot lie. And so people will say this, I, I know what the word of God says, but you never know what God's going to do. Oh, yes, you do. You know what God's going to do? Exactly what he says in his word he's going to do. And so I go back, what did he tell the Israelites? I'm giving you that land. So why did 10 not go in and two did? Because two said, you know what? I'm going to believe God's word above circumstances. Now, you want to see how powerful the word of God is? Turn to your right just a little bit more. Go to the book of Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter, just keep going there a little bit. You'll hit the Isaiah and then Jeremiah chapter 1. This is a good one to mark in your Bible. Jeremiah chapter 1. So you're turning there. No matter what the circumstances, what I feel or see, the Word of God is working mightily in me. Stay with the Word of God. Keep speaking the Word. Keep believing the Word of God and something will happen. Now, watch what the prophet Jeremiah says. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well. One translation says it this way. God said to me, you have seen well, or better yet, good eyes. He said, you got good eyes. And I, I don't believe he was talking about his natural eyes. I believe he was talking about spiritual eyes or the eyes of faith. And he said, good eyes. And look what he says here. For I am ready. I am watching. I am anticipating I, I am on lookout to perform my word. You know what he's saying? I'm sticking with you. I'll make every word I give you come true. So I learned to speak his word regardless of the circumstances. And again, I look here and says, I'm ready to perform my word. I'm watching over to perform my word. So I go back and I think about all this that we talked about. And remember, because of the Israelites' choice not to obey God, they wander around in the desert for 40 years. No purpose. And then when it's time to go in, God tells this one named Joshua, who was one of the two, who believe God. And remember what he says to him in Joshua 1. Four different times he said, be strong and a good courage. Be strong and a good courage. Ephesians 6.10 says this, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Lord, I, I ask you to grace me with kingdom strength today. Grace my faith today. And then after he gets over that, this is all Joshua 1, 6, 7, 8, and 9. But remember what he said to Joshua. He said, don't let this word depart from you out of your mouth. Keep the word. The very first thing, get the word of God in your mouth. In other words, 
start saying about yourself what God says. Base your life off of this is what God's word said. And then you know what he said the next thing? He said, meditate on it there in day and night. Recite it there in day and night that you may ultimately do the word. And in that passage, it says this specifically. Then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. A promise. And so you know what Joshua has to do? He has to step out by faith. And so they cross the Jordan. And the first city they come to is Jericho. And remember what God said to him? He said, listen, you're going to march around that city. You're going to march around it. And for six times you march around, you don't say a word. You just march around it. Now, how would you like that one? Man, God's crazy. We're just going to march around it. We're not going to say nothing. But then he said, on the seventh day, when you march around it, you shout. Now, can you imagine telling all those Israelites this? This is what we're going to do. Why are we going to do that? Because God said so. But you know what happened? This time, when they obeyed God, the minute they shouted, it said the walls started falling. And so I look at all that, and I think, Sometimes it just takes childlike faith to say, Father God, I may not understand everything, but I'm going to believe you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you in every area of my life. And so what you've got to do is you've got to get into the Word of God and you find out Scripture. You find out promises that are written to you and you stand on it. What do I mean by stand on it? You don't let go of it. You keep speaking it. You keep believing it. How long? For the rest of your life. You get into the word. And God will get into you. You feed your faith. And it will starve your doubts. So here's the thought again. We feed our natural man three hot meals a day. And we feed our spirit man one cold snack a week. And we wonder why we're spiritually malnourished. What am I saying? I got to get in the Word. Now, I'm not not telling you got to read 20 hours a day. But I got to get the Word in me on a daily basis. Get the Word in you. Get the Word in you and start speaking the words. A a daily affirmation of things of God. Start saying about yourself what God says. You know what God says? He, He says you're more than a conqueror. That's all in Romans 8. He says in Revelation, I'm an overcomer. And so when I begin to get in line that God calls me more than a conqueror, then I'm more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthened me. That's Philippians 4. And so something happens when I just begin to encourage myself in the Lord. And there in 1 Samuel 30, when life was tough, you know what King David did? It said he encouraged himself in the Lord. You know what I believe? He started walking around and he started reminding himself of the faithfulness of God. And he probably began to say this. I remember when I was a little shepherd boy and I watched the the sheep. And the lion and the bear came up and how, Father God, you were with me then. And I remember how you were with me when I defeated Goliath. And just a constant reminder of the faithfulness of God. I want to ask you to stand on your feet.
I can stand here tonight. I, I, I thank God for his faithfulness. The faithfulness of God. And so whatever dilemma you're in right now, you find scripture. And you'll find out the word of God will work. Doesn't matter what arena it is. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.